All right, welcome in to the Full Throttle Sports Podcast today. Today's episode is sponsored by Impact Train Horns. You can go to impacttrainhorns.com to get your train horn today. You can use the code RACING to get a discount on that. Make sure you check that out and let them know that we sent you guys. There is so much going on in the world of sports, but before I get into that, I probably should introduce us. My name is Greg, and that is Nick on the other end of the line there. Uh, But I do want to get into everything that's going on in sports right now. This is the best time of the year. You've got every sport going in. Basketball is about to get into its rhythm. Baseball is in the playoffs. Football is is a third of the way through. NASCAR is going through. They're in the playoffs. Everything is going in right now, mainstream. And it's this is the peak of the year. Boy, do we have stories. There are a lot of stories going on right now. That Monday night football game all in itself gave a lot of stories. Now you heard Devontae Adams came out. We didn't talk about it yesterday. He came out and just full-fledged, two-handed pushed down a worker who worked for the broadcast, for broadcasting the game. He went and shoved him to the ground. Now that guy is pressing charges. It's it's under misdemeanor charges for Devontae Adams on that. Devontae Adams went to the media afterwards and apologized for it again didn't really sound like he really misleading when you heard what he said. Well, this guy just got in front of me and I bumped him down. That was not a bump. When a guy <laughs> when a guy falls down like that, it's not a bump. And now I mean, no. you, you can read the police report and all this stuff because the guy did go because he is pressing charges as I mentioned. They had to go and he had to file an injury report and all that stuff. Go to the hospital. It, it's kind of comical. When I mean, I shouldn't be laughing because. I mean, the guy got pushed down. It, it was totally unnecessary. But the guy, I mean, it does say non-life-threatening injuries and all that stuff, which is kind of comical because, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I think when you see a guy get shoved to the ground, one of the last things you're considering is the fact that he might have died. I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, it's just totally uncalled for. I mean, you can make a joke. Uh, it, it's funny to see, but... It's just a shame that I mean we've all been at that point where we're pissed off. We we've all had that moment, but we don't go out there and he just went out there, shoved the guy down. I think I saw this was that guy's first day on the job. Jeez, welcome gets, to the NFL. So you want to be a sideline reporter? <laughs> it's decked by Devonte Adams, shoved to the ground, and it's just gross. It's just unacceptable to watch a pro athlete, anybody, to go out there and just knock that guy down and. The thing that really bothered me is the fact that he didn't even go out there and check. He just shoves him to the ground and then goes straight, continues on his merry way into the locker. And then afterwards proceeds to say, well, I want to apologize to the guy. Yeah, because he probably knew what was going to happen. He knew there was a situation that he was going to have to answer to. And it's just, come on, guys, be better than that. I mean, why are we having these kind of stories right now? And I know I want want to pick your brain on the Draymond Green thing because that just leads into another story that goes, I mean, it's not – I know that's not hot news, but Draymond Green made news this past week, and that keeps circulating. We keep getting a new taste of what's going on in that one. Now we know Draymond Green will not be suspended, and uh, he's just going to have to pay a monetary fine. Well, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on him going over there and just decking Jordan Poole in practice last week? That was completely uncalled for. I mean – I'm sure I know. I, I'm sure you saw all the reports and everything where it said, "Oh, Jordan Poole's behavior had changed, and how he was talking to teammates and you know people on the on the staff and stuff like that had changed." But 
There's the players, no the players yeah. dispute that. Uh, Steve Kerr vehemently de- denied that. Okay. And so, but either way, even if it was true and, and they weren't denying it, that doesn't mean you go get to go sucker punch and deck someone. No, I, I'm of the belief that's not a fight. That's an assault. When you go yeah. out there, with, a fight is when two guys know they're fighting. Right. And Jordan Poole had no idea he was about to go and full fledged get in a fight there. And I, Jordan Poole didn't fight back. That dude, that dude went night night after that. I heard he got knocked out. Yeah, I mean, what do you, can you imagine if he had, like broken his jaw, or not, uh, or broken and broken his hand or something like that? Any of that? You're, I mean, you're risking the fact that maybe he gets hurt. Uh, he, I mean, this is an extreme thing, but I mean, you could die from a fight from get stuff like that. And yeah, you know, they always talk about uh, the punch that Shaq never landed on. What was it, Brad Miller? Yeah, I mean, we're, it's funny that we're sitting here talking about a fight because, I mean, we're iconic for the fight here in Sacramento. I mean, we, oh, we yeah. live past that fight all the time. The Doug Christie, Rick Fox yeah. fight. <laughs> yeah, even Jackie Christie jumped in. <laughs> she was swinging that purse. But, I mean, it's... To me, it's unacceptable, especially when it's a teammate situation. Who would have sat here and thought that the thing that could kill the Warriors, this dynasty that they have going, could be an internal death from the inside? Like, who I, would mean, have- I just, if you're the Warriors, are you really willing to risk it all for Draymond Green? Mr. Just- Triple Single himself. I know. I mean, Draymond did not have a phenomenal year last year. He did in the finals. He had that one game where he showed up. But which game? I just—I think it was the last one. He had a triple double. I can't remember. You're making me dig back in my files. But um, to me, this is more of an issue of how many things are just lining up for Draymond Green. Like we sat here over the offseason and watched him call Kendrick Perkins a racial slur, and no, no punishment for that. This is. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. The NBA is enabling it, and I've taken it back to Sacramento. He, to me, it reminds me of DeMarcus Cousins on a good oh, team. He's 100% DeMarcus Cousins on a good team. Where DeMarcus got a terrible, terrible rap, Draymond Green became the heart and soul. So the only difference is the fact that they're winning? I mean, is that what it, like, because... The NBA he, loves winners. I don't – it's just disgusting to me that this guy keeps getting a pass and you don't oh, hear anything from the commissioner. The commissioner hasn't come out and said a word. And, and this and, is like the the not the first time. This is like just the next thing in a long string of incidents that has been Draymond Green in, during, throughout his career. Remember in the playoffs, it was this last playoffs, he was at the Memphis Grizzlies game, double burning fans, and they asked him if he was concerned about that. And he said, no, he's not worried about it because he makes $25 million a year. The guy doesn't care. He's right. not afraid of punishment. He's right. not. You've you've got to start because he knows the NBA is not going to come after him. You've got to start suspending him games. You got to start meaning business. And I think this is going to fix itself here in Golden State. I think that they're going to just go. He'll come back in. I think Thursday is when he's going back to practice. Um, I think they're just going to go back there, put him back into the thing. It's probably going to be awkward between him, him and Jordan Poole. I don't know how you go out there and. Figure this out. I mean, I remember, I'm, I keep bringing this back to Sacramento, but remember years and years and years ago, Spencer Haas and uh, 
Oh, I'm blanking on the coach. Oh, Paul Westfall. They had an issue in practice. Mm-hmm. And then they went, and it was right in the pregame warm-ups. They had a scene where they were they did a little fist bump and a, and a chest bump to really signify that, hey, all things are good. I mean, do you do something corny like that, or is that like too forced to say that, hey, we're, we're getting along now. We're buddies. I, I feel like that's just a little bit too forced. I know winning cures all, but – that that seems just a little bit too forced because it just it just seems like that is Draymond Green. Because we know the Warriors are going to try to push this under the. I mean, they already tried to push this under the. Oh road. yeah, I know they they came out and they're like, oh yeah, it was just like a light dust up. Like <laughs> yeah. And then you see the video, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> That's a light dust up. What else has Draymond Green done that was? It wasn't a light dust up. But my favorite thing is how they were saying, oh, this always happens. You see these things happen. Nobody likes it, but it happens. No, I don't think that always happens. Yeah, you don't see a guy just come out there. And it's the fact that Draymond Green towers over Jordan Poole. He's a much bigger guy than Jordan Poole is. And he went over there and just cold cocked him. I know he was running his mouth. And I know as a Kings fan, and I'm sure – there's 29 other fan bases who cannot stand Draymond Green. That dude chirps. He's got – he's the most irritating basketball player. That's not on your team. I feel like if he was on your I team – I feel like he he's the him. most irritating basketball player that is on your team too. The Warriors love him. I'm the sure Warrior, that – I mean, maybe, Warriors fans are different. <laughs> maybe a little bit less this week, but they, – they, they, love, they love them some Draymond Green. But we love us some DeMarcus Cousins too. Man, Marcus I said, Cousins was talented. Oh, okay. These these he guys the are the same big man in the league. There's similarities. Remember when he cold cocked Dante Green in practice? Those two got yeah. into it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I didn't support it then. I certainly don't support it now. But at least Demarcus Cousins' talent level kind of justified. Well, not justify. That's the wrong word. It it helped with the situation. Well, it's like Draymond I'll, Green I'll, is I'll put is up with scrub. it because he's so immensely talented. But Draymond Green is not that talented. Draymond Green has more rings than Demarcus Cousins. Well, he can thank Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant for that. <laughs> yeah, but you can't say Draymond hasn't had a part to do with that. I mean, especially he, he, the first one, sure. And even the one, I and think he cost the, them a championship. The, the, the KD ones. When he kicked LeBron James in the no no, put you and me on that team, and we would have won a ring. Yeah, but remember the one when he when he kicked LeBron James in the no-nos? Or was Steven Adams? There's Steven Adams. Steven Adams. I think Steven Adams and LeBron James. He kicked them in the no-nos and it yeah. got him suspended. I that cost them a championship because Draymond Green was an important player on that team. They need they needed Draymond Green's I go six points, eleven rebounds, that. and ten assists. I, I go back and forth with that. I, I I see where they maybe would have won, but I also see. That, I mean, that, that is, series you're talking came down about to game peak LeBron seven. at the prime of his powers. That LeBron, but that game came down to game seven. You're telling me that having Draymond Green wouldn't have helped him seal at least maybe one game. He was back for all the other games. He played what yeah. six out of the seven, and they still lost four. Man, you are you are throwing some Draymond shade out here. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, he's an important player. He, there's no doubt about what he provides for that team, and he does have some talent. He, he is an elite defender, but you put, you put, I don't think that he was 
the sole reason, just because he wasn't there, I don't think that was the sole reason they lost. How old is Draymond Green? You put 30-something-year-old Draymond Green on the Sacramento Kings. What is he? probably worse. The third best player on your team? Fourth, maybe? Oh, not even. Stop it. Don't don't disrespect Matthew Delavadova like that. (laughs) He was my number one. I had him in there. (laughs) Okay, 32 years old. I mean, if the Warriors came to me, if I'm Monty McNair and the Warriors said, you know what, we're we're tired of Draymond Green's antics, we'll trade him to you for just salary filler. To the Kings? Hanging up the phone. No, thank you. He is is like Kyrie Irving. His personality is not worth his talent. I don't know. We had a Marcus Cousins here on this team, man. Those and guys we saw how well that worked. That that wasn't the Marcus Cousins fault. That was we also who did, you, saw, who did you put around Demarcus Cousins? That that actually oh yeah, was no, I totally agree. They did not surround Demarcus Cousins with any kind of talent that he needed to win. When your best teammate is Tyreek Evans or Isaiah Thomas or Rudy Gay, that's a problem. Yeah, no, the Kings didn't have many rotation players. I mean, you take those guys out of the teammates that he's had, and it's horrible players. The, the list yeah, is no. I totally, hundred percent agree with that. But I mean, I I do want to end on the um, the topic about Draymond Green. How how yeah. ironic it is that those guys and shame on the Warriors for trying to sweep that under the rug because I, I understand why they did it. Why uh, they didn't want that to get in house. They wanted to or outside of house. They wanted to keep that an in house issue, but. By doing so, you're protecting the childlike behavior of Draymond Green. Yeah. And then by having the nerve to go out there and get mad at the people who sold the video to TMZ. like I was just about to bring that up. That, that really rubbed me the wrong way. Instead of disciplining the person that should be getting disciplined, you're mad and taking every course of legal action because you're mad that someone leaked the video? Yeah, Maybe you shouldn't have a hot-button topic like, a fist fight in practice for people to sell to TMZ if you don't want it being sold. That's your probably I mean, that's, should have nipped that behavior in the bud when he was drafted. <laughs> I mean, just just what a shit show right now in Golden State. I mean, I, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm happy that's not here. I mean, like I said, they've got a winning organization. I believe they'll figure it out. They're gonna get this all put together. It's it's gonna be fine over there. I'm not imagining that it's gonna be horrible, a bad situation for them. Right. But, I mean, right now, do you think Draymond Green's a, a Gold State Warrior this time next year? Because I don't. I think he's kind of ruined his – I think he's no, done. No, I think that – yeah, I, I pretty much exactly what you just said. I think that he's ruined – unless he's going to go play with LeBron, I don't think there's anyone that really wants him. What What is the market for Draymond Green? And it certainly isn't $25 million a year like he's looking for. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Isn't he looking for like a max – yeah, he wanted a max contract. He's 32 years old. So, I mean, say they give him a four-year deal. The guy's going to be 36 at that point. And he's already it, averaging seven, seven, and seven. Yeah, his trajectory is going down. That is certainly the case. Yeah. I mean, you look at from tw- even 2019, he was averaging eight points. Eight, seven. Every year, I mean, it goes down. 2014, 11. 2015, 14, 10. 11, 7.4, 8, 7, and 7.5. So 
his points have dropped significantly. Yeah. And his percentages, too. I mean, last year, in 2021, he shot 52%, which is solid. But, I mean, he was shooting 38.9% in 2019. Yeah. I mean, is that the kind of guy you – and no. taking – Taking what you're bringing in, too. Remember, you're going to be bringing in a guy who's got a lot of issues up there. Well, 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 not to mention the fact that let's say you're not a championship caliber team. We all saw what happened to Draymond Green when the Warriors won, like, 15 games. He quit. Yeah. <laughs> he straight well, up I mean, quit on them. It's hard to blame. I mean, that, that team was brutal. And you were you were asking Draymond Green to play with a bunch of G leaguers. Let's be honest. I mean, well, I mean, and, and if at that you point, the leader and the heart and soul of the team, you don't quit on the team. You don't quit was, when things get tough. It was tank for Anthony Edwards. That was the goal over there. It sure was, but that doesn't mean that you quit on your team. It doesn't matter if Draymond Green had a career year; they still probably weren't going to win twenty games. Yeah, I mean, that's just it, not him as a player. And then you have a lot of situations right now in the NFL. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. The mm-hmm. NFL says they are not going to be backing down on, on their enforcement of rules to protect players, such as roughing the passer. So, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into this because we did discuss it yesterday. But we had two egregious calls. And this is coming off of the heels of the two attack of Aloha injuries. And the NFL has egg all over their face this week. And their reaction to having two calls, one of them which cost the team the game. I mean, who knows? Atlanta may have never scored, but they didn't get the opportunity to even have a chance at that. Right. How hard would it be to, to get all the owners together, even say on Zoom, you could just say, okay, we're going to have a meeting right now and we're going to hash this out. Why can we not do it to where we're going to review this call? Let's take a vote and make roughing the passer a reviewable call. And I know why they don't want to do it, because they don't want to extend the length of the games, which is the dumbest thing. Like, let me ask you this. Would you not sacrifice another 10 minutes of a football game to have the right result of a game? Oh, 100%. Like, to me, to me, this is, yeah, 10 minutes isn't any, is nothing. I would rather have, a little bit longer of a football game, but not they, watch Atlanta get screwed out of a chance to win it. And like, like I said, they could do it like the NBA doesn't have, have the replay center and like Secaucus or wherever their replay center is. They could have it there and them watching the games with the refs, you know, and then, you know, go straight to them and be like, hey, was this roughing the passer? Yes. Okay. No. Okay. Boom. And you can't tell. I know the uh, Monday Night Football officiating tried to say, well, I called it by the letter of the law. That was questionable, but okay. If if that went to review, and I know that uh, the thing that gives me concern, if it did become a thing where we can review roughing the passer calls, the thing that does give me a little bit of hesitancy is the fact that, remember a couple years ago, they brought pass interference into review. They gave the eligibility to review pass interference calls, and that was a shit show. I mean, it got to the point where there were very questionable calls, and they were almost challenging everything. And there were plays where you're like, oh, yeah, that's not pass interference, but they would stick with the call to protect the referee. And 
it had to be blatant that it was not a roughing the passer or a pass interference call to overturn it. And I don't want to see that happen again. Like that was just ugly. And they took, they got rid of that call again because like those, they knew it was that, bad. That's one of those um, pass interferences. One of those calls where you can do it every single time down the field and they're just not going to call it. It's like, it, it's like holding in basketball, you know, <laughs> I hate pass interference. That is the worst call in in the NFL. I mean, you essentially, I mean, this is an exaggeration, but you can be on the one-yard line and hell marry that ball all the way to the other end of the one-yard line, and you've got a 98-yard penalty. That is ridiculous. It should be – It should at most be a 15-yard, maybe 10-yard penalty. And, I mean, I'm getting into the weeds here, but the fact that these automatic first downs is so frustrating. I don't like those calls at all. I – it's hard that, like, if the defense got a hold if, or the offense gets a hold, it's just a five-yard penalty and they go backwards. But if the defense does and it was fourth down, it's an automatic first down. Mm-hmm. That, that's frustrating to me. But I don't know. I'm getting, I'm getting into the weeds on that one. Um, keep going through the news. A couple things. I saw um, Odell Beckham Jr. was, um, was asked by the fans. Fans were telling him how – they would um, how the Rams want him, and he complained about the contract offer that the Rams gave him, saying that it was too low. But Sean well, McVay came out and said that 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 is not the last one like that right will now. come. Yeah, he's not. He's got no contract right now. I bet that the offer wasn't looking too bad right now. I mean, he came out. He's coming off of an injury. I mean, yeah. that is. I think they're a little scared. I think they're a little hesitant. But we talked about that yesterday too. How important a guy like Odell would be for the Rams to open up that offense right now. They have no weapons outside of Cooper Cup. I mean, Allen Robinson is not who they thought he was going to be. Yeah. And the Rams are two and three. Who would have seen that coming? Five games in, we got the Rams at two and three. Um, the Arizona Seattle game could be pushed uh, because it's conflicting with the playoffs. That's, um, I mean, I guess whatever. It's not a game I'm not going to cry about. The um, this one's interesting to me. Christian McCaffrey. Is, is being floated out as a, as a possibility to be moved because we saw the Panthers go out and fire Matt Rule the other day, and now they're looking to kind of blow things up a little bit. Understandably, I mean, they don't have a quarterback, and people are saying Baker May- Mayfield's not even a caliber starting quarterback in the NFL. Has he proved to you this year that he deserves to be in a starting lineup on an NFL team? No. Because he has looked brutal to me. I understand he's on the Panthers. And I understand that's not exactly a great team, but I don't know what they're doing at the quarterback situation. And yeah. Christian McCaffrey is a great player. He is. The, the concern about Christian McCaffrey is his availability. Is can he stay healthy? If he can stay healthy, you put a guy like Christian McCaffrey on the 49ers. You put him on the Bills. I mean, that is gonna be that's gonna change the team. And the trade I deadline is coming it, November 1st. That would be kind of scary if he was on the Bills. I don't know that the 49ers would – okay, this is probably going to sound like weird and a hot take, but I don't know that the 49ers would necessarily be interested in Christian McCaffrey. As much as they like to run, I get it. But it seems Kyle Shanahan's theme is more replaceable running backs as opposed to – because it's well, he, easy to go replace what they have uh, as, uh, compared to like a Christian McCaffrey. He's forced to go with replaceable running backs because every year he deals with injuries. So, <laughs> he runs right through them. <laughs> yeah. 
he 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 switches running backs like people change clothes. <laughs> so I mean, I feel like he would be a great fit on that team just based off of the fact that that gives Jimmy Garoppolo. What does Jimmy Garoppolo love to do? A dink and dunk screen pass, and you put a guy like Christian McCaffrey in there, and I I I think 49ers would be a great fit for him. And I'm not a 49er fan. I, I just think, think it would that would be uh, interesting uh, if the Raiders kind of went after him. I don't know if they would they give up, but Raiders have a good running back though. They got Josh Jacobs. I mean, right I, now. So I mean, Christian McCaffrey and Josh Davis. I mean, Josh Jacobs or Josh Jacobs, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm sure there's 31 NFL teams out there clamoring to get Christian McCaffrey. It's just. What is the price that the Panthers are going to want for it? Because they are going to blow this team up. They do need to blow the team up. It's just how much do you want to blow it up? And do you want to move a guy like Christian McCaffrey? Because he is a good player. And he stayed healthy this year, which has been their concern. The problem is, like I said, they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback they can trust. They don't have a quarterback they can rely on right now. And that's where that's where they sit. Yeah. And now now they have no choice but to blow it up as they've lost the coach. And it's just good, it's just going to go downhill for Carolina. They're almost in tank mode now at this point. They're almost looking towards the offseason. Yeah. Couple things to the NASCAR news too. Um Alex Bowman announced that he's going to miss the next three races with a concussion. What a, what a horrible time right now for NASCAR. They they are just limping to the finish line. And I sound like a frustrated fan here because I am. You've got the NFL here tripping all over themselves with the concussion protocols and the, and the concussion issues. And NASCAR is doing not much better themselves. And I like the fact the NFL is struggling too because it doesn't make me feel so bad that NASCAR is doing it. Because right now we have the issue. You've got Alex Bowman who's out with a concussion. And you've got uh, Kurt Busch who... I think he's going to announce his retirement this Saturday. He has a press conference announced Saturday. Tyler Reddick's got a big announcement. So I'm assuming Tyler Reddick's going to go to the 2311 car and race yeah. for them next year. And then Kurt Busch is going to announce his retirement and probably go to the booth. But, I mean, I'll, I'll get deep into that one tomorrow. We're going to talk about that, or Friday, um, with Andrew on that one. And we're going to talk about all things NASCAR. But I did want to touch on that one a little bit because there is a lot going on right now. And it just sucks to see a guy have to deal with concussions like that. Alex Bowman got eliminated because of his concussion issues from the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what what a crazy week that was in NASCAR to see Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, Daniel Suarez all get eliminated with eight people still left. I mean, the round of 12 took out your defending NASCAR Cup Series champion. What a crazy format it is. And yeah, people are so frustrated about the format and say that they hate this new NASCAR for, oh God, I hate the fact NASCAR has the playoffs. Because it eliminates a guy like Kyle Larson. Well, Kyle Larson knew what the rules were. He knew what he had to do in order to be into the next round, in order to get to the championships. He didn't do it. He didn't match it. Maybe instead of changing the formats, maybe your drivers should be able to pull off what the format is. Yep. Uh, Tony Stewart came out. It's time to win. Speaking of people who are mad at the sport of NASCAR, Tony Stewart came out after his team is fined $200,000 over two penalties right now that they're facing. They dropped the appeal. Tony Stewart said, if it weren't for the fact that I've got a couple of appearances that I have to make, I wouldn't be in another NASCAR race the rest of the year. Wouldn't waste my time. That is an owner of a NASCAR team. It's not a good look. Yeah. I'm, 
I mean, I, I love the sport and I complain because I care. But when you have an owner, and I mean, I do want to start with the fact that Tony Stewart's very vocal and you always are going to know what's on Tony Stewart's mind. He doesn't hide it. He's not, he's not afraid to tell you what bothers him. But it's just not good when you have an owner come out here and just destroy the fact that, that he doesn't like the way your sport's going right now. And he has probably a couple rights to be frustrated. I hate the fact they called a penalty on Cole Custer for blocking in that race. That was stupid to sit there and he got team orders to block and protect his teammate, Chase Briscoe, who eliminated Kyle Larson from the playoffs. So how are you going to penalize him for blocking on the track? And it was just, I mean, I don't think it was really going to matter anyways. And yeah. it's in 2020 in the Martinsville race, they had the same situation when you had the 20 car of Eric Jones at the time blocking for Kyle Busch to, to advance him into the next round. But NASCAR didn't penalize him. It, it, it's it, it's frustrating, man. It, it's uh, like I said, I'll get into that to, on Friday. We'll get it. We'll get deeper into the weeds on that one. But it, it's definitely time for the offseason in NASCAR. Yeah, they, they are. They are struggling to get to this. It's been a rough first year of that new next gen car that they put together. But geez, it's is definitely time to find the offseason. Well, Nick. It is October 12th, which means your NBA season starts next week. Sure does. Next Wednesday. I mean, what? Uh, you're the Homer Sacramento Kings fan. I'm going to let you take this whole segment away here. Oh, hey, you get to run the segment here, oh, and, and I'll add in when I, when I want to come in. Oh, so boy. tell me, what, what are your thoughts going into the NBA season, NBA-wise and Sacramento Kings-wise? Um, okay, well, NBA-wise, um, let's just start with, I think that they're, and then this is also going to tie into the, uh, to the Kings, uh, more so on the Kings point. Um, I think there's going to be some extra wins out there for the Kings. Um, from the first two preseason games so far, um, there's definitely been some positives. Uh, Portland looked like they didn't, really have an identity um, on the offense or defensive end. So so that's a plus because that's a team that I put right with the Kings in terms of this year for competing for that that playing spot somewhere around the seven to seven to ten range. Um, I'm really interested to see if the Lakers what they do um, if Anthony Davis is healthy, uh, what that looks like for their win projections. Um, I think they'll be better if he's healthy and he's playing consistently. If he's not, you know, it, it's, I think it's going to be a repeat year for the Lakers. But uh, that roster, their roster, it just it doesn't do anything for me. It's, it's still not good. Um, there's a whole lot of fringe talent um, surrounded by two great players. Uh, and, and one declining Russell Westbrook. Um, in terms of the extra wins that I was talking about, um, I don't know if you saw the the highlights from the uh, the G League Ignite uh, game when Victor Wembanyama decided to roll into town and play Scoot Henderson, and he basically set the NBA on. Well, both of them really set the NBA on, NBA on fire, but especially the uh, 
seven foot four Frenchman with the skills of Kevin Durant, there is going to be a lot of teams that are shutting players down in November. You know, Luka Doncic gets a, a sprained ankle and he's cleared to come back in three weeks. They'd be like, you know what, why don't you just go ahead and sit out the rest of the year? You know, um, but in so so I do think that uh, that that is going to uh, play a huge factor. Uh, there's going to be a lot of teams taking, and there's going to be, a, and you're going to have to be really really bad, like really bad. You can't just stumble into a number one pick this year. Like there's teams that are actively trying to tank, that will tank um, almost from the beginning of the year to get the the pot of gold that's at the end of that rainbow, uh, or in or, or try to win or try to win that sweepstakes but um in terms of the kings uh i'm kind of i'm cautiously optimistic i like the a lot of the moves they've made i'm kind of um of the opinion that i just kind of like to see where they're at with the current roster that they have um i think if you were going to move harrison barnes it should have been done few weeks ago or a month ago or even at the, uh, during the draft. But with the shooting they have, the depth they have, it seems like for the first time in a long time, they actually have real rotational pre- rotational players. Um, like there's, uh, I think it was the 2016 or 2017 team, one of those teams where I think – all of the guys except for like three are no longer in the NBA. And it's like, man, that that that's tough. And and so that you know you're perpetually bad. And this year it feels like there's quality depth. So uh I I'm that's what I'm I'm most looking forward to see. Um I'm really excited. I I do like the Mike Brown hire quite a bit. Um I like the way they're playing uh, in the first two preseason games. Um, the last preseason game against Portland, they hit 21 threes, which was which tied a franchise record, I think. And then, um, and then the the players look uh, pretty rejuvenated. Ke- Keegan looks great, um, but I do think that they're missing just that one piece to guarantee them uh, a playoff spot. And it kind of goes back to draft night where it's like, because in the first two games, we saw Casey Akpala start. But if, if you go back to draft night and you're like, and you're just pre- pretend like you're salivating over uh, Jaden Ivey, kind of like uh, Orlando did with Jabari Smith, you know, you could probably have picked up a Jeremy Grant and a Keegan Murray. And now what does your roster really look like? Like that's a, that's a good team. Like, Darren Fox, Kevin Herter, Jeremy Grant, Harrison Barnes, Devonis Sabonis is a starting lineup. And then Davion, Malik, Keegan, Rashawn coming off the bench. Like that's that's a good team. Yeah, I I mean, I, I'm still on the belief Kings aren't quite there yet. I mean, I I'm I'm a guy who doesn't get high because when you get high, the fall hurts. I'll, I'll be I'll be frank on that. I'll, 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 I protect myself from the blow as a Kings fan because I know that it's gonna hurt. I know I know that oh, I if understand. I 
if I get it, I've gotten myself too excited in the past. And it's been a long time since I've looked at these rosters coming in. And I'm just like, uh, I don't know, man. And this is probably the most excited I've felt for this team in a while. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs? I'm I don't know. Leaning towards no. I don't think so. I just think that West is too good. I still think the West is just too strong. And I, I, I would happily I'd happily see them get in there. I mean, even if they make the play-in tournament, that would be big for me. Yeah. I think their ceiling is somewhere around seventh seed, and I think their worst place around 12. I mean, it I wouldn't if, blow me away if they finished like, around I the 12th seed. I think if everything goes perfect for them, they, and with the current roster, if everything goes perfect, they could max out at six. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hot take here for a second because okay. – I know a lot of people are down on this team, and I'm not so down on them. They still have talent. People are kicking them and saying they're done, and they don't have any. People are giving up on the Utah Jazz. And I still look at that roster, and I'm like, they're not as bad as we think they are. They, we're acting like this is the Orlando Magic. or I think Utah is would be silly to try to win any games this year. They've got talent on that roster, though. I understand what you're saying. When you lose a guy like Donovan Mitchell. gone. The what? I said all them vets that they have, I don't think they're going to be here come February. Mike Conley. And and that would change the situation. If you give up on Mike Conley and you give up on guys like Rudy Gay, and I'm not saying Rudy Gay is a great player at this point in his career, but you still have good players on that team. I mean, I'm pulling up the roster right now. I mean, Kelly Olenek at your starting forward doesn't really do much to me. But you still got Jordan Clarkson. Colin Sexton's a serviceable player. There is talent on this roster. Uh, are they better than Sacramento? I think you're going to hate me for this. But I think you, they're discussable. No I think Kings way. are better. I think Kings are better. I, I do. Yes. But I don't think it's a lot. I think that those but guys could compete. you head coach. Which is another thing. You don't know how good he could be. I, With that roster, given how good the West is, I don't think they're going to be that good. There was a and lot of hype on him. Be that good. I think if they get off to a hot start and they're playing well, you know, management <laughs> might come to Will Hardy's office and say, you know, hey, uh, that's this the 2022-23 playoffs – First round exit is not a goal of the Utah Jazz. Victor Wembanyama or Scoot Henderson is the goal of the Utah Jazz. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I just look at that roster here on October 13th, and I'm like, or 12th, and I still see minimal talent. I still see like the ability to, the, to still have teeth. When you look at a team like Detroit, and Charlotte, it seems like that. I just look at those guys and I'm like, yeah, you guys don't really scare me. Utah still, I'm telling you, we're not going to go into Utah and think, oh, we're playing the Utah Jazz. This is a lock. I, if, I still if, think if it's a tough place to play. Playoffs or in the, and guarantee themselves a, a home play-in game, you better beat Utah. Yeah, I agree. But that's why I'm not saying, I, I just don't think Kings are there yet. I mean, I'm looking at the West right now, and let's let's chalk out the teams that we can agree that the Kings are are not better than Minnesota. Okay. I would say Minnesota is better than the Kings. Uh, you know, 
yes, on paper, but I, when I think about Minnesota, Rudy Gobert cannot g- guard the pick and roll. Carl Anthony Towns cannot guard the pick and roll. So it could go massively right or it could go massively wrong. And they still got Anthony Edwards. They're still that talent. And yeah, they, no, Angela I, Russell. That no, they're, ta- they're, they're definitely a talented team. I, and a, a lineup that features Cat, Edwards, Russell, and Gobert, certainly. But they, they also gutted their entire bench. They did. But I'm, I, I still think those players, they still have Unless the star you're power. They Cat and D'Angelo the whole game. I mean, you could sub them out, obviously. You could just, I mean, you're going to have the ability to play D'Angelo and Rudy, and then you could take out Cat and Ant. Yeah, and a lineup you... featuring D'Angelo Russell and Rudy Gobert does not scare me. I don't know, man. That, that That's the Eiffel Tower right there. <laughs> you mean the Stifle Tower? I mean, so, so you're going to say the Kings are going to finish better than Minnesota, but we're going to turn this into NBA on TNT finish. hot takes here. I don't think that they'll finish <laughs> with a better record than the Timberwolves. But I do think the Timberwolves are a team with some question marks. Yeah, I, I'm going to say I'm going to say Minnesota is better than the Kings. So we're both in agreement on that one, right? Yes. All right, what about Oklahoma City? I'm going to go Kings are better than Oklahoma. Yes, I would agree with that. Kings are better than – or New Orleans is better than Sacramento. Yes, but New Orleans is one of those teams, again, where I say you have all the talent in the world. Now prove that you can make it work because they haven't proven it so far. Yeah, they I were in the playoffs I last the year. Playoffs yeah. last year, but Zion and they didn't have Zion. There. Let's see what Zion does on that team. Yeah, no, but we've seen Zion and and Brandon Ingram together. It it didn't look like a fit. Now I'm not saying that it won't work. I think it will work. And I think they'll be just fine, but Minnesota or I'm sorry, New Orleans, oh. like the Kings, it, no matter how much talent they seemingly have, it's one of those teams where it's like, okay, well, oh, now show me you can make it work because history says you can't. I'm more intrigued on the fact that they've got uh, Zion and Jonas. I want to see how those two work together. Can yeah. Jonas Valanciunas play alongside Zion Williamson? Because those two are both going to be down in that paint. It's kind of the similar – I mean, I know Jonas can stretch it out a little bit, but um, it's kind of your uh, Rashawn Holmes, DeMontis Sabonis issue right yeah. now. Yeah. And I know Brandon Ingram's a three-level scorer, but I think his preferred area is mid-range to inside. So, like – if CJ McCollum's not shooting well, you could in theory pack the paint on that team. And I'm putting New Orleans above the Kings. Are you putting New Orleans above the Kings? Yeah. Golden State, I think we could both agree Golden State's better than the yeah. Kings. Houston. I'm gonna say Kings are much better than Houston. I think they Houston's a team, be. but you, yeah, you yeah. you can be Houston. Clippers, I think, are better than the Kings. Especially yeah. when they're gonna get Kawhi back. I think John Wall is a big ad for them. Um, I have high expectations for what the Clippers could be this year. I think that they really dropped they the ball last year. Team. Yeah, I could see them being really good this year. Memphis. Memphis Grizzlies. I think Memphis is better than Sacramento. I think that, yeah, they're definitely better than us. I think, I don't know if they win 56 games again, though. Yeah, I mean, but I still think I still think that's better than Sacramento. Sacramento, I mean, even if they win 45, I still think Kings are going to be low 40s. 
Low 40s, high 30s. Okay. Um, Dallas. I'm not in love with that roster, but Luka Doncic has shown that he can put a team on his back. Yeah, and I, I would say the same with Denver. As long as Nikola Jokic stays healthy, that team is going to go as far as Nikola can carry them. Yeah. And that's further than Sacramento. So I would say Denver is above them. Phoenix. They have bad vibes. They yeah, have I, real bad vibes. Dude, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, Phoenix kind of scares me. I was kind of hoping Jacob would come on to the podcast because I want to see how he feels as a Suns fan. Yeah. Be, because... Yeah, they've got that talent. They've got Devin Booker. They've got Chris Paul, who's turning 408. Um, that DeAndre Ayton isn't in love with his coach right now. Mm-mm. There's a lot of internal. And you got the Robert Sarver issue, too. There is a lot of issues right now in Phoenix. I am actually going to sit here and say I think the Kings might be better than the Phoenix Suns. Wow. I, I don't love that hot take. I but- still think that, I mean, this is a team that won, what, 64 games last year? I have a weird feeling about that team this I year, man. A, I they, think the worst case scenario, they, they end up with 50 wins. They give me a little tinglies in the stomach. I mean, you have a Devin Booker injury or Chris Paul falls off a little bit. That team is going to struggle. Yeah. You, there's issues with that team. I agree. 100%. But something just smells off to me with Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I know I sound crazy, but I just don't feel – I think – They'll be 40s. Like, 41 is where I think they're going to be. Really? Something just – I know it sounds weird, but it, it just doesn't seem right to me right I now. When, right. I, when DeAndre Ayton is over here spewing that he's not talking to his coach, and then you got the Robert Sarver yeah. sideshow, you've got Chris – Chris Paul's getting up there in age. Devin Booker has shown signs that he gets hurt. Um, I just – it's concerning to me. I, I mean, it's – I know I'm probably overreacting. But when you, well, you see know, things like that, you know it, they have Bismack Biombo. How many times has he been there? He's been there a couple years now. Yeah, maybe that's what's gotten them winning this year. I mean, could it be? I mean, could um, Jay Crowder be out over there? I mean, I know Jay Crowder. I, he I said love Jay. He's not with the team right now. I love Jay Crowder. But, oh, I do too. I mean, losing him is going to be big too. I mean, I just because yeah, you're not going to get what his value is for him. I'm sorry, Phoenix fans. Don't don't hate me for that. But I, I think you're going to be around Sacramento. I think Utah is going to be around Sacramento as well. I don't I, think you – I think this is where we disagree. I don't think that Utah has any business anywhere near the Kings this year. I think Utah is around 10 seed this year. 10 to 12. I think they're maybe 11th. Yeah, that, that's that's what kind of where I see it. Ten to twelve. I mean, I think people are looking at them as like fourteen, fifteen. I don't. No, I don't think they're worse than San Antonio or Houston. Yeah. And then who's thirteen in that situation? I mean, I would probably go Utah or Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma yeah. Oklahoma probably because they'll sit everyone. Yeah, and Chet's out. Chet's hurt. I wonder if anybody called that this year. Uh. Uh. <laughs> they, okay, but what happens if they get the number one pick? Yeah, that's scary. Don't don't even speak that on me. Okay, they have a war chest of picks. Tell me that they're not number – say they get number four pick. 
Tell me if you're not Sam Presti over in Oklahoma, if you're not using all your assets to go out there and try. I mean, I don't you care if it's seven number one. Every single pick you have, I'm not trading the number one pick this year. Even if it's seven number one picks and the number, say the number four, you're not taking no. all that and letting them move up to number one. Yeah. No. And then watch Victor Wevanyama blow up. Well, you know what? If he blows up, that, that's on me. But <laughs> I'm not trading the potential generational talent for future picks. He's seven we, foot four with the skills of Kevin Durant, got an eight foot wingspan and plays I've, defense. I've heard uh, one guy named Bruno Caboclo named the Brazilian Kevin Durant. And how did that turn out? Well, you know, he didn't have 37 points in the game. <laughs> he didn't go 7 of 11 from downtown. Ben McLemore had the shooting form of Ray Allen. How did that turn out? He wasn't a number one pick. He was number seven. <laughs> okay, so see, I'm not trading my number one pick this year. Okay. For, you know, Cleveland seven thought, Ben McLemore's. Cleveland thought Anthony Bennett was going to be a beast. Okay, I never understood that. I, I not even on draft day. I was like, I don't know about it. when he went number one. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Remember, Ben McLemore was a lot of a discussion to be the number one in that in that draft. They should have taken him number one. Oh, that'd be a one bust with another. That's okay because then we wouldn't have picked him. He probably would have taken Anthony Bennett. San Antonio Lakers and Trailblazers. Are any of those teams worse than the Kings? I think Portland, Portland and San Antonio could be. San Antonio for sure. We'll say Portland, San Antonio are worse than them. We'll say for the sake of conversation, Utah is. I think most people would say Utah, San Antonio, and Portland probably are. Uh, then you look at Houston. So what is that? One, two, three, four. four if you Oklahoma. Portland five. So Oklahoma is your fifth team. So at that point, you're saying Kings would be around 10. And that's playing. And, Did you and include Portland in there? That's, yeah, you got Portland. Give me the count here. I, I would say Lakers are better than the Kings. So I'm going to say, I'm just going off what most people think. And okay. that's Portland, San Antonio, Utah, Houston, Houston, and Oklahoma. Yeah, that's five teams. So that would put what Kings number 10? 10. Yeah. That would give them a play in game. And I think that's a fair spot for them. Like I said, 7 to 12 is somewhere. I know that's a big number, but I, I, I think they could be. If everything meshes well and everything goes the way that Mike Brown wants it to, they play defense, which we've seen defense here in the preseason, the yeah. Kings could be a 17. And would it, would it blow me away if they were six? If everything clicks. And no. the ticket, the ticket to all this working, and the only reason that the Kings would be this way is if one, they can stay healthy. Yeah. And two, you get the most out of De'Aaron Fox. Everybody wants to praise this DeMontis Sabonis as, as this big guy for the Kings. And I think he does have a huge role here for the team. But for this to work, it would have to be De'Aaron Fox. Because this team is built and predicated around De'Aaron Fox. If De'Aaron Fox deals with injuries yeah. this year, and you've got to deal with Matthew Delavadova and Davion Mitchell at your point guard position, you've got a problem because then you're losing a lot of your offense, that scoring ability, 
I think the Kings have enough guards that even if De'Aaron Fox that's that is hit, a drop off though. It is a drop off, yeah. But and I, I like Davion. I think they could survive. I don't think that they would just completely implode. I think if you lose Demonis and De'Aaron, I think that's when you implode. I'm not, and you might disagree with me here, but I'm not expecting this big year out of De'Aaron Fox. I'm expecting him to be what we've seen before. A lot of people are like, well, this could be what turns De'Aaron Fox around, this new coaching and stuff. In my opinion, by the time you're in your sixth year, you kind of know who the player is. You don't see guys. It's a really rare thing to see guys come out in their sixth year and change. I know he's only 24. He's young. He'll be 25 in December. But... I just don't see him becoming this all-star level player. And I don't think he has to be. I think he already is an all-star level player. I just don't think that he's ever had any talent really to play with. His shot is way too inconsistent for him to be an all-star player, I think. No, no, because he can can average – well, if we go back two years ago when he averaged, what, 25 – was it like four and seven or whatever, something like that, or five? On a really bad team, though. If this team's going to be good, he's not going to average 25 points. He could, um, but I think that he could average 23, five, and five, or 23, five, and seven, or 22, five, and seven. I think that's more than he's more than capable of doing that. And if this team is winning, those are all star numbers, and he will be all star. I mean, I, I partially I, – I do think he'll be in the 20s. I think that a good year for De'Aaron Fox is in the 20s. I don't – like I said, I don't think he necessarily has to be an all-star for this team to be a really good team. I think if you get what you but got I from think him – if he is – if this team is really good, he'll be an all-star, regardless of – almost regardless of what he puts up. That guard position in the West, though, is tough. Well, I mean, there's, there's some open – You've got spots. Steph. You've got Lillard. I mean, there are lots. If, if you've got the, Booker. You've got probably Paul. If Phoenix is bad, Devin Booker and Chris Paul won't be there. You've got Lonnie if, Walker Jr. If, Damian, if Portland is bad, Damian Lillard won't be there. Uh, you got Mike Conley when he goes off for them this year. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 John Morant, though. Seriously. John Morant. John Morant. Be, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the – maybe you can make a case for CJ McCollum. You could probably convince yeah. me maybe he would get in before De'Aaron, especially because we saw it in the past with a guy like DeMarcus. Until you get in, you have it's to break that to wall. In, yeah. You've got to kick that wall down. And then once that wall's down, you're a lock. Right. But to get into that all-star game, you've got to kick that wall down. And it's hard. It's, it's a little bit harder for a team like Sacramento – when they don't right. get on television and they don't get your NBA TV games and your yeah. TNT highlight, your ESPN highlights, it, it's a lot harder for those kind of guys. You're going to have to get in either uh, as a as a sub or a coach's pick, like a coach's pick or an injury reserve. I think that's his path. And... I just hope he stays healthy. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's sure. 100%. I think that's the obvious. Yeah, but I I really want to see him have a good year and. Play. I know every, when everyone says what they want to see, they want to see 70 games. To me, that's a lot in today's era. If he plays even 60, that's, I I'm happy. 65. If he can get to 65, I think that's a good number. 
But so, I would love to see 70 games if he can. You, know, you and me both. I, I mean, I, I would be thrilled to see him and DeMontis play 70 of the 82 games together. Yeah. That, that in my opinion, should have the Kings at least at the eighth seed. They should, if they can be healthy, the majority of the games, obviously, I think this team has got, has got high capabilities. Yeah. But, I mean, you spoke about it for a minute there. I want to talk about Harrison Barnes. You talked about the potential of, you thought that he could be traded, and I think a lot of people thought that he was a potential to be traded, and we've heard about this for the last couple of years. I don't think the Kings want to trade him. They contract their – they feel obligated because his contract expires at the end of the year. Do you think Harrison Barnes is a Sacramento King when the last ball – when the horn rings for the last game of the year this year for the Sacramento Kings? I think a lot of it has to do with how well they're playing. Um, if they're – if they're playing well, I think you have a conversation with them and you and you say, hey, are you interested in sticking around? If they're not playing well, no, he's gone. That doesn't scare you a little bit, the fact that we've seen Monty McNair go out there and take these guys and risk it and risk the opportunity to sign them and say, okay, well, we're going to take it in a free agency and get nothing out of them with Dante DiVincenzo, with uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, with yeah. – We've seen guys come and just leave, and we get no return. And yeah. it's scary to see a guy – like, we cannot afford to lose a guy like Harrison Barnes. We no. need to get some form of asset. And thank God we didn't trade a couple of years ago. We were talking about uh, the Boston Celtics trade with, like, the 14th and the 16th pick and, what, Aaron Neesmith or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was no, no good. <laughs> I Certainly mean, thank not God we, I think the value Harrison Barnes possesses now is higher almost – at an all-time high. If you're taking it to the season and you're looking at a guy like Harrison Barnes and he's playing at that level that he's been playing at, that you can pretty much expect out of him because he is a guy who brings his lunch pill and I, all those other stupid cliches that everybody uses. Mm-hmm. Because you can almost expect, chalk in what you're going to expect from Harrison Barnes. He's going to bring it. Sometimes he falls asleep. And, I don't know and, if you can chalk it in. I think you can You can say he's probably going to average, we know he's going to average 16 to 17 points. Which is great, Wait, right. which is but which is a solid. How he gets that sixteen to seventeen is incredibly frustrating. Like he'll have 30, 33 one night, and the next night he'll give you eight. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and be four or seven shooting. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I hope like I like Harrison Barnes. There's not a guy personality wise I like more on this roster than Harrison Barnes. Yeah, my favorite, He's my favorite player. Don't trade Harrison Barnes just to trade him. I know when we go next week, I know what jersey I'm getting. It, it, the jersey You're I'm getting, getting. Harrison Barnes jersey? Davion Mitchell. Okay. Uh, I was about to say, you are really risking it, sir. No. Uh, well, he's put a couple years in. I mean, that, that's I'm going off topic here. I got a De- Devin McCourty jersey this year. I was trying to decide which one I wanted for the Patriots. And I, I was like, I know that Devin McCourty's done. Like, he's a skeleton of what he used to be. But at least. He's given me things. I, it's not like I'm buying the jersey of a guy who's going to play a year and then be gone. Like, Devin McCourty put in a lot of solid years in the NFL. Surprisingly, I didn't have one already because he's yeah. been one of my favorite. Kind of, Devin McCourty is to the New England Patriots what Harrison Barnes is to the Sacramento Kings. They're that yeah. same good personality, good people, just level-headed. I, I, I would love to see Harrison Barnes on this team for a couple more years. I mean, I don't really want to see that. I mean, it would be kind of... I think you could, especially with the way the salary cap's going and, like, and everything. Like a four-year I, contract? Oof. I give him 
I mean, I give him like a three year deal. I, I mean, I guess. If, if so, you get a, a three year on a declining scale around $40 million, I think. So b- before we get out of here, I got two questions I want to ask you. Yeah. Uh, one of them, and I'll ask them right now, and you can answer them in your long, in a long-winded form, or however you want to an- answer it. I- I'm mm-hmm. going to start with the question: We've got what 20 guys who are on the roster right now. I think they said they got to cut it down to three. Who are those three guys you're making that you think that is going to get cut, other than Sam Merrill? Because I think we both agree he's definitely out. Yeah. Um, so who are the other two that you think that the Kings are going to cut? Uh, I think. Um... Uh, what's his What's his face? I think Quinn Cook is gone. Um, see that. I think it's between Quinn Cook and Kent Bazemore. Yeah, One of those I was two... gonna say Quinn Cook or Kent, maybe Kent Bazemore. I was thinking maybe Jamezzi. Really? Um, I think we've seen everything we need to see from Mister Metu. Um, it, it's just he's not... a solid player. He's okay. Like he's I a, feel like he's a Ninth, tenth player. He's a, he's a uh, um, I don't know what the NBA equivalent would be, but I only have a baseball reference for you on this one. Chimezi Metu to me is a four A player. He's a guy that's good enough to be on the roster, but not good enough to see any time. See, I disagree with that. Did you see him chucking them, missing them wide open threes again? It, it carried over from last year. I think the role he'll be on the team right now is the right role for him. I kind of like this role where he's your 10th best player on the team and he'll get minutes when you have he guys. He needs to be my 13th, 14th or 15th best player. I heard they've been playing him at center a little bit. And that yeah, they kind of did play him at center. He was, he's with the third group, I think right now he's playing with the yeah. third group. I mean, who's on there two on there two ways? The Chima Moneke is he on the two way? Um, I'd have to check. Um, I want to say, no, I think it's it's Kada and Ellis. I think that are on the two ways. Kada again? I like Kada a lot more than Metu. Man, homie gets put on the on that two way every year. But you know he's he's got a he's got a lot of skill. He's a decent shot blocker. He's got some offensive skill. He's a huge body phenomenal screener like he's a decent I passer i don't know how he talks i've never heard him talk but he looks like he talks like the cookie monster you didn't you didn't watch, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you didn't watch that that uh summer league game where when he was hungry and, and Kevin was like, you ain't know me, bro you, you, you ain't know me when when he was talking to palo no, I didn't. I didn't hear that. Yeah, he's like, you ain't know me. <laughs> go, go watch the run. I so, think it's episode two. So you think Chima Moneki is gonna make the team? Because I know it gets really goofy where they can cut him, and through getting they can cut, cut him and put him on the G League roster, he can get drafted. I think by the G League roster with the. G League draft next week. So it, it gets goofy. Yeah. Him and Sam Miro all both are players that they're looking at, I, I, I believe, for that G League roster, which uh, I, I don't you know. know I all don't think Chima Moneke makes the final roster, but I do think that he'll remain with the team 
in terms of being in Stockton. See, like when because I look at the roster, him, they gave him a boatload of money. I would really like to see a guy like Matthew Delavido. Yeah, I think he's on the two hundred fifty thousand dollar contract. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, I would like to see Matthew Delavido and Kent Bazemore both on this team, just to where you have a veteran leadership group where we haven't yeah. had in a while. We have these vets in here and the guys who have been battle tested. When you're down and you need these guys to get get up your ass a little bit, you have those guys that are gonna. I mean, no offense to Quinn Cook, but I I I mean Quinn Cook's okay with me. If the, I like Quinn Cook, but I think he'd be okay think, if they I let don't him think go. He's 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 it. I think a guy like Matthew Delabadova and Kent Bazemore on your roster would really be big when you're down and you need those kind of guys who who who's been there, who's battle tested, who's who can get your morale up and give these guys reasons to be kind of like how Shop was when in that roster. Yes. Kind like I feel like Kent Bazemore and Delabadova could be those guys. I'd be kind of disappointed to see them let go. Um, I, I, I if. We do a podcast next week, and I'm talking about Delavadova cut or Bazemore cut. I'm gonna be a little disappointed. I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I would probably. I mean, Sam Merrill is gone. I mean, I, I my jaw would hit the floor if he makes the roster. Um, oh, I think everybody's jaws would hit the floor <laughs> if Sam Merrill was on the roster. He he must be dating Coach Brown's daughter or something. I mean, oh, he's and and married to at Nani. <laughs> <laughs> So my my other question was um was okay so starting starting game is the opening game for the uh, season is next week. Um, Can't wait. Who's your who's your starting five right now? I mean, I think we have a little bit. I think we're gonna have the same starting five here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two answers. So the starting, my ideal starting lineup would be De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, and Demonis Sabonis. I do think, however, we have the potential to see a Trey Lyles or Casey Akpala in that starting lineup at the four position. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I more so, I do think you could potentially see Casey Akpala. Dude, I, I I hate this. Like I hate the fact that. Coaches, uh, and you get this when you're when you have an older coach. And uh, if you remember, George Carl did this with Ben McLemore. He wouldn't put Ben McLemore. He was stubborn. Right. He, he went out there and he put in what, Jordan Jason Anderson. What was his name? Jason he was not. He was number five for the Kings. What was his name? Um, I'm blanking on it. Uh, uh, was it like Pujet or something like that? No, no it, it was after that. It was the George Carl was the shooting guard. Uh, oh. Uh, Oh, I see his face. What is it? James Anderson. Was it James yes, Anderson? James, James Anderson. He was the starting shooting guard because they refused to put Ben McLemore out there. And it's like, I understand your play. And Ben McLemore is not, not a great player. Don't get me wrong. Right. But he was a better option. They're he just was, stubborn. Like, yeah. Like, I, I understand you want these guys to earn it. But if he's your better player, just let him play. Just put him out there. And I, and I understand – it's not about who starts the game. It's about who ends the game. But well, I just think when that... you're coming. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You go out and you start these games. And Grant Napier is one of the biggest advocates for it's not who starts the game. It's who ends the game. But I disagree with that. I think that when you're starting a game, you need to have energy. You need to come out there because if you start listless and you start with, and not that Casey Paul is going to start listless and be this horrible player. I just don't think he's a better guy than Keegan Murray. And I think that 
you want to go out there and you want to start with the biggest ability to swing to where you're not starting from behind by the time you put Keegan Murray out there. And trust me, I understand why you want to put keep talent on the bench as well. That's why I love Malik Monk as your backup shooting guard because he comes out there and he's going to start swinging, shooting that ball the moment he comes out that bench. He's going to be what Buddy Hill should have been. Right. And because he can accept that backup position. Right. Davion Mitchell, great backup. Phenomenal oh, backup Davion point guard. Backup. I think he's a perfect backup. Rashawn Holmes, great backup center. I mean, this yeah. there is talent. Terrence Davis is a guy we're oh, sleeping yeah, no, on I'm as a, a big backup. TD fan for sure. This team, and I know you remember the stories about how they would go in and they would have practices where the backups for the for the 2002 Sacramento Kings team was oh, almost yeah, as good as the starter. To the starter. Yeah. Yeah. This this roster is not that good, but this is the best backup group we've had, and it's because we cleared we cleaned house when we got rid of Demontis Sabonis last year, or when we brought right. in Demontis Sabonis and got rid right. of um, Ty- Tyrese. Right. And we didn't have any solid players because they were all either a hurt like we saw with terrence davis and um rashawn holmes was hurt all year long and we saw these guys all dealing with different things and we also had the issue that we traded out of buddy healed we traded out tyrese we traded a lot of the players that we had left the team you mean the the point god greatest to ever play the game tyrese he'll tell you that man i'm telling you what the media says and now you have this depth on this team that they haven't had in a while. And I think that is going to be what sells the Kings this year is the fact that they have so much depth. If they can stay healthy, they've got the depth that they haven't had in years. When they get to the bench, they're still going to be swinging. You're going to see Kings on this bench team putting up – we're going to be outscoring our opponents' solid numbers. It's going to yeah, be no, the I issue. I think they have to be a top-10 offense this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. My – my concern is the fact that we just don't have star power. And I mean, yeah, when no, you they're, get it, they're, they're, if they're going to do it, it's going to be, it's truly going to be a team. Yeah. It's not going to, we don't have a Kawhi Leonard. We don't have a Nikola Jokic. We don't have those yeah. kind of guys out here. Who's going to get 43 points and 12 rebounds and 17 assists. Right. It's going to have to be an attack from all sides. Yeah. And the Kings have that roster to do it where when they go to the bench, it's Davion Mitchell's turn to step up. And I love me some Davion Mitchell. Oh, that dude is, he's my favorite player on the Kings team. And, yeah. and it's the same reason I don't like De'Aaron Fox because De- Davion may not have the skill set De'Aaron does, but he's going to bring it. And he's going to give you all he can give. Even though he's 5'11". Okay. What, what do they say he is? Six feet? I think six feet. <laughs> maybe maybe with the afro <laughs> yeah but I, I, wish, I, I wish davion would have like a four inch growth spurt he would be both man oh man he probably will when he gets traded he'll go to another team and then be like he grew for- yeah. okay i mean i'm going off topic here what did you think about i know you saw the article where james harden said that he lost a hundred pounds Yes. A hundred pounds. A hundred pounds. That fool was not 325. Yeah, I, I mean, the things that comes out of his mouth, you really have to take with a grain of salt. But he said he, he was, felt like he lost. He if he lost a hundred pounds, he didn't deserve the contract that he got. I know he's a bit doughy. I know he's a bit, uh, he was a bit fat. Yeah. He 76 years guard. 
Here we go. This is an article from Sports Illustrated. He was not 70, bigger than Zion. 76ers forward, or 76ers, James Harden says he lost 100 pounds during offseason. During the 76 ers media festivities Monday, James Harden revealed some interesting information about his weight loss journey. Dude. The 33-year-old all-star guard has made headlines in the past two seasons appearing heavier than he looked in previous seasons. Well, it sounds as if Harden put it put the work ahead of the 2022-2023 season. He said he lost 100 pounds offseason. This last year and a half, I really wasn't healthy enough to put in the proper work like I'm used to. This summer was a hu- was huge for me in that aspect. Blah blah blah. Philadelphia teammate John Bead, who was sitting next to Harden at the press conference, could barely contain a smirk after the guard made the hundred pound yeah, play. Even he knows <laughs> <it's true>. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, James Harden. If I was a reporter, this is probably where I would have lost my job, and I would have said, "James, are you sure you know the difference between pounds and grams?" Yeah, <laughs> maybe he lost a hundred cinnamon. What's, what's that stupid stuff? He was uh, honey grams, or uh, yeah, honey grams. Yeah, he lost <laughs> honey grams under the couch, or or <laughs> he lost a hundred hookahs or something. I tell he you, a hundred pounds. I mean, I I talk about all things so football, basketball, NASCAR. The some of the craziest shit comes from NBA players. Oh, there for are, sure. There are Between some Kyrie characters Irving, in this Kevin league. Durant, and James Harden, like you had them all on the same team. I mean, you don't, you don't see this stuff from NASCAR. You don't see these guys crazy like that. Yeah, it, I mean, no. the, the craziest guy we got out there is Noah Gregson, and, and it's nowhere compared to. I've never heard him say he's lost a hundred pounds. And what do you think, also James? Was never said the Earth was flat. That is true, and he probably doesn't go on to Instagram. And look up the guys who have two followers talking shit about him and actually get into, get into bed and cry. Like, Kevin Durant does that. Kevin Durant's that guy. But, like, we just need to make a whole thing about this one day and just, like, make all these burner accounts and go, like, try to piss Kevin oh, Durant off. Oh, that would be incredible. <laughs> that needs to happen. <laughs> that needs to happen. <laughs> like, just, just find something that, that will set him off. But no, that's um that's probably gonna put a cap on this episode of the Full Throttle Sports Podcast. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to, to this week um, in basketball. Obviously, we will not be doing a show next Wednesday as the Kings opener is that night. Um, but we will be. We're not going live from the game. <laughs> <laughs> but we will we will talk about it on Tuesday night. Uh, we'll do the Tuesday night one. As always, the podcast will drop um, on. Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and then Friday morning are the days of the podcast. So keep, keep your eyeballs out for those ones. Um, I do want to say before we get out of here, happy birthday, Nick. Thank you. No, don't think I forgot about you. You are the first person to wish me happy birthday. Hey! Yes. I wish something. I mean, technically, it's not a I mean, you're technically like a couple hours yeah. early, but you're still the first. Yeah, well, here it is because I probably will forget once 12 o'clock hits, but happy birthday. Thank you. Don't have too much fun. I'll, I'll, know, I'll drink. Um, I'll drink for you. There's a lot of tumbleweeds where I'm at. So. <laughs> hey, that—that's my neck of the woods, man. That's, well, if you want to switch, <laughs> those tumbleweeds are fun. You can—they they don't yell at you when they drink too much. They don't. My uh, my friend on the way to work, we went to get lunch today, and he said on the way to work he hit a wild boar, and I was like, where am I? <laughs> 
where am I? See, I grew up in the country, but I never ran over a boar. I can honestly tell you, I never ran yeah, over a boar. I was like, and I thought he meant like something like, it like so many things crossed my mind before he ex- before I actually thought like pig. And I'm like, maybe this is a new slang term I don't understand. <laughs> like, like, there's like, there's no way you hit an actual boar. <laughs> and he did like, so yeah. That's There's beautiful. not much going around in my neck of the woods right now. I mean, uh, Grant grew up, and Grant comes on the podcast every once in a while. He grew up five minutes around my house. And, I mean, I know he dented his car up pretty good about two years ago. He was driving his truck, in the, and he lives down an old dirt, old back road over there. He was heading down on um, down, down Bruceville where there's no yeah. lights. There, I mean, it is it, – when it's dark, it's dark. You can't see anything. And he was driving right. down there, and all of a sudden he plowed into a cow. It was a cow walking across the road. I mean, it, it was funny. I went over to his house the next day, and I'm looking at the dent. And as I'm pulling out cow hair, as I, as I see it, I'm like, "Yeah, I, I can tell you hit a cow." Yeah. Oh boy. But yeah, no. This this place is is super small. I I know. Like I got like probably two or three good friends. So I'm that's sure good. Hey, man. Those small towns are the best places. I tell you. You, this you, is small. You just grew up in the in the city, so you're not used to it yet. Yeah, right? you're 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 right about that. I grew up in the country and live in the city, and I just like every day you I walk outside. I'm like ah. in the in the in the country part of the city. <laughs> Especially when I grew up, when I was a little kid, when I was little, I mean, there was nothing around us. There was, I mean, the the on the far side of the railroad tracks. Uh, now I sound so old. The, you, as far out as you could see, I mean, you, we used to get on a genie lift as a kid, and we would get my dad made a genie lift. We'd go up as far as we could see. I have home video of it. And as far out as you could see, it's just it's just fields. As far out as you could see. And, and now, I mean, 20 years later, you've got houses on houses on houses. I mean, the neighborhood where my parents live is still old, and it's still very country. But once you get past the railroad tracks, two minutes down the road, I mean, you're, it, you'd never know the country was right back there. Yeah, right. But, but right. yeah, no. Look, looking at it, you're like, well, I mean, is that the country? But growing up, yeah, it's it. It was that. It, I've you, seen a lot of change. You have to that. drive like forty or fifty miles to get to. Not forty, fifty miles, but I mean, growing up, the when I was even ten, the closest store was. I mean, we would go down to the Walmart on Elk Grove Boulevard out here, and that was the closest store that we had. I mean, and that was a fifteen minute drive to get to a store because Rayleigh's wasn't open Rayleigh's opened around 2000s I think yeah um that that didn't open till later on I mean I remember the Target was a big stop that we would go to on Laguna yeah no Target was it that was the place yeah there was nothing out here all the everything's built up now you got Costco you've got uh, you got Cinnabon's coming in you got you got a casino now (laughs) yeah we got a casino like two minutes from my house dude I tell you this is not this is not the life of a country guy here well, I, grew- I mean, you can come right on down the California coast. You know, it, this is real country. People walk around with cowboy boots and <laughs> and it's and there's I'm tumbleweeds, a- wild boars, deer. A- I see deer everywhere. Like it is wild. Hey, it's hunting season, man. You bring it, you'll get your gun. Deers, fox. I see all sorts of wild critters that I thought I'd never see. 
It's D one out here, baby. I'm shooting. I went. I went into work today. We were going around one of the the buildings doing a walk down, and there was a dead snake. <laughs> I was like, wow. That's what my, my brother broke down the other day. I went to go see him. He was out on my Liberty Road in Gulf, and I, I had to go get I had to go help him get a tow truck. And we were driving by. I, drove, I parked up on the side divide over there, um, and I got out of the car. And as I'm walking out there, I'm looking over, trying to kick stuff off the side because I'm waiting for the tow truck. And I, mean, I saw a snake skin, one of those old snake skins. Yes. You know how they, they shade? There they shed their skins. Yes. I'm like that's how you know I'm out. I'm out here in the freaking boonies. Yeah. I but, have a feeling. But no, we'll put a cap on this episode. Um, I will see you next week, Nick. Uh, I think you're gonna be yes. down here for for the King's opener. We'll, we'll definitely right. take some photos. Maybe, maybe do. Take some videos. We'll do some make some content creation for the for the game over there. Oh yeah, no, we should do like maybe like an early podcast or something. Yeah, I'm I'm da- I'm definitely down with it. Pre gaming. Okay. Alrighty. Well, thank you, Nick, for joining the show. As always, this episode is sponsored by our friends at Impact Train Horns. I forgot to mention them yesterday, but make sure you guys check it out. It is in the link in our bio. I think I haven't done it yet, but I think I'm gonna turn that NASCAR page into the Full Throttle Sports Podcast. And then just talk about, like, post all the content that we're going to be talking about on here. I know my NASCAR fans are not going to love that, but you know what? Oh, well. They got to diversify. There's four other major sports. They are a niche fan base, man. I tell you that. I love them. I love, yeah. I love my NASCAR fans. Well, they can, we'll convert them all to Kings fans. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Like, maybe... Maybe I could do like a little bit of crossbreeding here between them. Maybe by having the basketball fans and football fans in on the page, they'll see the NASCAR stuff and be like, hmm, that looks interesting. Yeah. And then like crossbreed a little bit here. But no, I'll go and buy train horns and then we can get that expensive train horn that I've been wanting. That that free train horn. Yep. That free train horn. Yep. Yep. (laughs) One for everybody. Make sure you guys check out your impact train horns. That's Proud right. sponsor of the Full Throttle Sports Podcast. That's right. Alrighty. My name is Greg. That is Nick. We'll be back. I'll be back Friday to talk. We're going to be talking a lot about NASCAR on Friday morning. I believe Nick is going to be working. But as always, invitation is open whenever you guys want to join. It will come through the thing, through the feed. So whenever you guys want to join. Oh, I don't know. I might be there. I switched yeah. the schedule. Yeah. We'll, we'll be here talking Friday. So Friday, right. early Friday. All right. So any, anything sports news that pops up, we'll be talking about that. As always, uh, talk about all that fun stuff. I'm sure something crazy is going to happen because this is the world of sports. I mean, it's better than reality TV these days. Yeah, but we can talk about how much the Dodgers suck, you know? Yeah, they're losing right now, five to three. I mean, I probably are just they? jinxed them. Oh, they okay. are. Okay, well, I'm going to turn that on. Dodgers, the co-workers are crap. <laughs> top of the ninth. Looks like they're going to take an L today. What a brutal way. To lose, do you see the way that the Mariners lost to the Astros the other day? Like, oh, I it, but I wanted to. See oh, God! I mean, that was their one chance to go out there and start that series off with a win against the Houston Astros. Who, so let's be honest, Houston Astros are probably everybody's favorite to get to the World Series, if not a favorite to get to the World Series. And everyone's looking mm-hmm. at the Mariners saying, "You have no chance." And they come out there, and they scored on Justin Verlander. And wow, I just to give up a walk off in the ninth, just ow, Ooh, ow, that's crushing. <laughs> that's crushing. I think it was nine to eight. I mean, oh. you get into a, 
you get into a fist fight like that, and then you just lose. And, and I mean, they're done. I can't imagine they come back with any morale. Yeah, what is it? A three game series or a five game series? I think it's five. I think this is five. Five game series. Yeah, that's tough. Because that yeah. that gives you momentum, and you know if they win Houston, that's a buzzsaw in Seattle. Oh yeah, no, and Seattle has a lot of. They can relate to us here in Sacramento. They, oh yeah, twenty yeah. what twenty twenty one years. Their streak was legally able to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're working on it, man. I'm trying not to get there. Ours got like our car license off this at year. sixteen. <laughs> Ours is driving now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. Oh boy, don't remind me. All righty. Well, I do want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. I'm gonna get out of here before we keep talking. But, know, um, right? <laughs> but we we'll Bye be back for the Friday. Third time. <laughs> All right. Adios. Happy birthday, yeah. Nate.